You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. So we're in our new t- series, and I'm loving our series. It's called Grateful. Grateful. A life of thankfulness and honor. And I love this, this series because that is really what God does. It's like we step through that, that step of what the Bible calls rebirth, which is confessing your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he died for your sins. And you step into this life where, of course, you're grateful what happened, but then God begins to fill you with his greatness. And the journey of getting to be a Christian for now, I've calculated 22 years when I made my own personal decision to follow Jesus and to see that, yeah, that's what he's doing all the time, filling us up with his greatness and working us to get to the point of working from the overflow. And so that, this sermon series has got me thinking, and uh, I'm just going to go right into the title of my message. It'll make sense as we go. But the title of my message today is called Eureka. Eureka. The gold is in the field you own. <clears throat> so I come from California. I come from, you know, the gold rush state. Eureka is a word that they would use during the gold rush. So I just decided I'd do a little research. It's a Greek word, and it means to discover something of value. So it's a discovery, but it's a very valuable discovery. <clears throat> it actually goes back why it's associated with gold. This is just a fun little history fact because I like hi- history. Uh, legend says that it was Archimedes was at a bathhouse, and he had been working for months on solving a problem of how to figure out the purity of gold. And he realized that the density of the gold, when placed in water, would displace at an at a, at a equal ratio. The water displacement's way over my pay grade. But the point is, he figured out <laughs> how to do it. And he got so excited that he jumped up, started yelling, Eureka, Eureka, and he ran out of the bathhouse all the way home buck naked. That's the legend, okay? I don't know if it happened like that. But honestly, when, when I had this little revelation in my life, I felt like him. What I'm about to share with you, when I had this revelation in my Christian walk, uh, it, it was transformative to the point where it's like... I, if you were to dig down besides what Jesus did on the cross, what's the most important thing I began to understand in the kingdom? It will be this point. And so I know that this word has weight and is going to bring breakthrough. We're going to start. I'm going to get the picture here for you to know how we get there. So I want to start in 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Pause. Nothing else. Nothing else will work. Undisputed, undefeated. It's Jesus. It will always be Jesus. It's always going to be Jesus. It's Jesus. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one's work will become clear. This is talking about a singular day called Judgment Day, where everything we did in life is going to be looked at under the microscope of Was this kingdom? What was this built on? Let me see. Oh, for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which has built or which he has built on it endures, he'll receive a reward. That's nice. God's a rewarder. And if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, 
but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Quick side note, I want to break the religious lie that you can earn your salvation. That is actually the point. This verse clarifies it more than any other verse in my opinion. It says, yes, the foundation is Jesus. It is only Jesus. You cannot build any bit of the salvation or this life or this born again experience cannot be built on anything. There's nothing else but Jesus. And so when you believe the lie from the enemy that, oh man, I, I've got to do more to be saved. It says right here, even if you built your whole life on stupid ideas and stupid ways of building a life, straw and hay, it'll, yeah, there will be a bummer when the judgment comes. It's like, ah, that wasn't a good thing to build on, but you will be saved. You've got to have that foundational idea because then you start working this thing out, not for approval, but from approval. And it's a religious lie that Jesus isn't everything. So that's a free one. That's a free one. But, so now I go into this verse. So it labels different type of building materials. And, it, you know, the Bible often uses gold as a reference to being like the most of high value. So I want to build my life with gold. I want to finish this race and be effective. And if I want to be neighbors with Jurgen and Leanne, I'm going to make sure that I build it with gold. So I asked the question, and I hope you asked this question too. God, where do I get the gold? Where does the gold come from? Glad you asked. 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7 says this. In this you greatly rejoice, though for now, for a little while, if need be. I love all those little disclaimers. Because God is not like sadistic. He's not a lover of pain. He does not try to punish and punish and punish. He lovingly disciplines his children, but he's always trying to get you somewhere. So there's a lot of disclaimers here, maybe for a little bit, if it needs to be. But then it says, you have been grieved by various trials. Say trials. That the genuineness of your faith being more precious than gold, there's the word, word, so even more precious than gold, that perishes, though it tested by fire, totally going back to that verse, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus. This word trial comes into this. And this is where I want to go right here. Another verse talking about how do we get the gold. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope and salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. Amen. For we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit. Back to verse 3. When we run into problems and trials. The gold comes from the battles. The gold comes from the opposition, from the trials. Can I say this? We are a, we are a Bible-believing church, which means we know that the power of God still works miracles and does mighty works all the time. I see miracles every week. If you doubt me, come to one men or women's prayer on a Tuesday or a Thursday. Tuesday for the men, Thursday, come to one and hear, a God, hear the God stories. You will go, okay. So they're happening all the time. But there are some things that God's not gonna take away from prayer. It's just the honest truth. Doesn't mean now, listen, I am not advocating, well, I prayed once, I give up. No, no, no. You should be praying without ceasing. We continue to bring these things with prayer, but some things he actually wants to develop gold in you. 
And so I'm not saying God causes, and also there are certain things that God is never behind. God doesn't cause cancer, okay? God, God is, is a healer, not cause, but, but I do want to just go to this thing of there are some things he'll allow through the protection layer, and they'll become trials in your life. And the trials are where the gold comes from. Every area that I am effective at ministering in or that I seem to have some level of being able to give breakthrough, honestly, every one of them, I can trace back to a processing and a trial I went through in my Christian walk. The most anointed areas of my life came with some gold development. Like First like Peter says, like Roman says, that's where God did his finest work. So the great thing is Christians, we have so much opportunity to use the trials that come against us to generate gold in us. I want to, we're going somewhere with this because here's the thing though, just sitting still in a trial will not generate the gold. It will not do it. It'll just extend your long suffering ability. But God is not, all the verses that talk about uh, when, when trials comes, God's always saying, we're going through this thing. We're go- it's not the destination, it's the doorway, right? Yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil, I, but I'm going through the valley. That's not the destination, that's where I'm going through. So we have a divine opportunity, but there's a missing ingredient, a kingdom principle that you must get if you want gold to come out of your trials. And it's summed up in this beautiful little verse. Matthew 13, 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and hid. And for the joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys the field. You only get the treasure if you own the field. You only get the treasure if you own the trial. You have to step into ownership. The kingdom principle is God says, I'll give you gold, but I give gold to owners. I, get, I didn't, he found it and he would have been a thief had he said, this isn't my field, but I'll take the treasure. This man knew, or oh, I don't get the treasure, but if I can buy the land inside this thing, if I'll own this, I can have this legally. Nobody has a right to it. It's mine. It's mine forever. And we, God is looking for owners. This was the breakthrough for me as God was looking for owners. Okay, I want to just walk you through a little story. God, since I've got saved, God has been so good to me. And I felt like for, for many, many years of my life, it was like I had the golden touch. Like I just was walking the blessing of God, tither, gave her all that. And it was like everything just seemed to work for Matt Tuggle, honestly. I went through a season where it was just like, we found the Holy Spirit. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know, we were going to awaken. Everything was working. And I was the young adult pastor at the time. And I was driving home from one of our events. And we were stagnant. We were just kind of stuck at this. We couldn't, we were 200 and we, and I wanted to have breakthrough. And, and I was actually very frustrated. I think me and my wife had gotten in a fight and I was just beginning to pray. It's probably my fault. I'll own it. It was my fault. Uh, yeah, I'll own it. It was my fault. But I'm in the car and I'm praying in tongues because I'm so exhausted. I don't know how to pray in my own spirit, which is why we recommend we're a spirit-filled church. If you don't have the gift of tongues and you're not spirit-filled, let us pray for you at the end of the day because you need that. I was praying in tongues because I didn't know how to pray, but, I, but, but the Holy Spirit did, so I'm praying in tongues and I'm ramping up and I'm feeling this energy and I start to realize, I can feel in my spirit, I'm praying, God, make me effective. 
Let me, let me do great exploits for you. I don't have to be great, but make me effective. Let me do great exploits. And I, and I would bounce out of English and I was going there. And then all I can explain is like the Holy Spirit just dropped in the car. And I've, to this day, maybe never felt such a deep presence from the Holy Spirit. And that night, just the presence of God was on me like it's never been before. And then from that point on, for the next three and a half years, everything that could be shaken was shaken in my world. And I, I know you're like, oh yeah, everything. Huh? No, everything. There was nothing that wasn't like, hey, let's just rattle this and let it all, it my finances, your business, you know, your ministry, like it was just, I, 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 everything, nothing was working. At one point I was like, okay, burn it down and start over because nothing makes sense in this world. Um, relationships, friendships, just falling apart left and right. It was like, what is going on? And I remember I was in the shower and just crying. I broke down. I was like, I can't do this, God. Your word says you're not going to give us any more handle. I'm calling, you know, that's not true. Like, <laughs> this is more than I can handle. You reached the point. I, I, you did it, okay? You did it. And I'm like, please, just fix one thing. Take one thing. Like, like I, what do I, you know? And all I heard the Holy Spirit whisper in my my heart, son, don't waste this. <laughs> and I was, I wish I could tell you, like, I was like, you're right, God, I got this. No, I was furious. I was like, fine, I'll do it myself. <laughs> you know, I was so not good. <laughs> so not good. But I'll tell you that what God began to do in my life was to teach me how to own was to teach me how to own. You know what? Some things that happened to me were totally out of my control. But that wasn't for me. I had to become an owner. An owner of Matt Tuggle's stuff he hadn't dealt with. Okay? Because here's the deal. God is looking to build a great church, but he needs owners. Why do we encourage you to start serving on a team? We don't want you just to be a body filling a place. We want you to become an owner in your church. Say, you know, I, I'm going to own this thing because I get the gold if I own it. That's why I'm a, I'm a giver in the church. That's why I'm a tither in the church. I own this thing. He wants you to take ownership of your family. Take ownership of your spouse. Take ownership of your children. Ownership of the stuff going on. He's looking for you to say, all right, God, I'll bend a knee. I'm not going to blame. I'm going to take ownership. He's looking for you like Abe said. Take ownership at your work. Take ownership in your business. He, the gold the principle, you can't have the gold if you're not willing to take ownership of the field. And that's what he's looking for in the church. He loves you. So point number one, you got to own responsibility. You got to own responsibility. You know, and what the beautiful thing is, is you start to take on responsibility. Here's what happens. It gives the Holy Spirit a platform to begin to show you areas that he wants to heal. Honestly, that's how it works. You start taking over, you start serving our team. And then, and then, I don't know, somebody offends you. They didn't, they said that the orange doesn't look good with your eyes, whatever, okay? <laughs> serving on the high team. And, and you get offended. And you want to be like, ah, I want to bl blame, I want to lash out. That's what I wanted to do when I was hurt. I wanted to blame. I want to say, you know what? Some of this stuff isn't my fault. Some of this stuff I'm being misrepresented. I, but you know what? When God started saying, hey, son, why don't you let me do what I said I'll do? I'll protect you. 
But why don't you do what I told you to do, which is look at the log in your eye. Just own your response to the situation. That's why we serve. That's why we, we go to connect group. That's why we do life with people. Part of being an owner of your life is that owning that I need relationship. Here's why. About 95% of the problems and trials that come to my life, honestly, the person to blame is me. Honestly. I could, let, I could say, oh, the devil's coming after me. And yeah, yeah he's a pain in the butt. And I, cockroach. But the biggest enemy in my world, the biggest enemy to Matt Tuggle is the flesh of Matt Tuggle. That is the guy that I'm like, yo, yo, check yourself before you wreck yourself, broski. Okay, that is the guy that I got to keep down. And you know what? Here's how I know that I'm not the only one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are saved, but the flesh, we're wrestling. We're wrestling, we're building, and, and we've got to take ownership for the wrestle and stop blaming. Actually, I want to say this. Any theology or world mindset where you lean towards blaming others or a situation over first looking at yourself comes from an antichrist spirit. It comes from an antichrist spirit because those who know Christ know that I was born with a sinful nature, that I am the problem and my free will not surrender to Jesus is going to get cause trouble. So I just want it. It's a freebie. Whoever you're listening to, whatever word you're hearing, whatever prophet you choose to turn on on the news and listen to, if they come from a place of the problem is first being a... Now, let me say this, okay? We start there. I'm not saying there are not, because of man's fallen nature, there's not injustices in the world. But if your first thing you're taught and brainwashed believing is that if you have a problem, it's somebody else or it's a system... That is a recipe that is antichrist and will lead to disaster and destruction every time. Healthy society, Western society was built on that Judeo-Christian value that man is inherently sinful. All right, sorry, that was another kind of freebie. <laughs> okay. So, very quickly, just want to say, take responsibility. Most of the problems in our life are us. Okay? You're a controlling person. Maybe you have some fear. And so you can't release control. And so underneath there, there's some fear. Maybe you're a passive person and there's also fear because like, I just got to always keep the peace and you never stand up for what's right and you never speak out. Maybe, maybe you have a, a, a temper or whatever. Here's the process here. You got to take responsibility because if you'll own that thing, Jesus has given you all the tools to break that thing. Jesus has given you all the tools to have the breakthrough. Okay? So how do you own responsibility? So you just basically say, this, is a, this problem is mine and I'm going to fix it. And like I said, it starts with ownership of family and church and all that. But then what, there's another layer of like personal growth. And, that, and what will be revealed 
from getting in the fray and taking ownership of your job, your, your, your church, your life, and you start to step into leading and standing up and, and being who God made you to be, that's when this another layer gets revealed where you need to take responsibility for the ish, the stuff that's coming up, right? So we take ownership for it. We ask others for help. We ask others for help. The Bible says that when we confess to one another, we're healed. Inside this building are people that have the keys to unlock the problem you have. Relationship is absolutely critical in self-growth. You cannot become the person God made you to be without valuable, edifying relationships. So you take responsibility, say, I'm not going to isolate. You ask for help. And then this is the big one. You want to fill your life with the word of God so you can begin to take responsibility for where have I believed a lie and what's the truth? Because all the dysfunction will track back to somewhere something happened that caused you to believe a lie, whether it was trauma, whether it was just bad theology, whatever it is, the lie is the root that's generating the chaos. Oh man, that can't be done. You know, you know what I've learned by being an owner? Anything can be done when you know how to raise and reproduce and build a team. Any task can be done. There is no task too big. You name it, we need 500 men to do this. We can do that. We raise, reproduce, and we build, right? But I learned that because a couple times I was faced with things that were kind of painful and stressful, and I didn't know how to do it. And, and I, and I, but when I took ownership, I said, no, I'm going to own that this is the thing I'm going to stand on, I'm going to fix. So ownership is key. And once you get the truth in, the truth sets you free. Now, next point number two, you got to own the process. So the first one is just a mindset. You know what? I'm not going to blame anymore. I'm not going to sit back and expect someone else to do what God has asked me to do. You take responsibility. You take responsibility for how you treat people. You stop saying, well, I only yelled at them because of I only, because if they just want it, does nothing, no growth. You do not get the gold of the thing you don't own. Your relationship will not get fixed if you're not willing to own. Your job will not give a promotion if you're not willing to own. You know how you get a promotion at work? You own something. And then you ask for more to own. And then your boss says, you're doing my job. Here's the job, right? Ownership is everything in the kingdom. Ownership is everything in the kingdom. So now you got to own the process. Not all, like I said, not all things that God fixes with prayer. Some things he wants to give you the gold in the field. And I find that often the things that he's allowing through, like I said, I live under Holy Spirit protection. I live under so much blessing. But the things I get through, usually the first thing I say is, okay, God, why is this through? And what, 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 what do you want me to, if you want me to own this thing, or what do you want me to do? Because I want gold. I want to build this life on gold. Like I said, I want to just paint a picture here because I don't want this to be a word where you get stuck and you're like, well, it's okay, I'm in a trial. No, 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 I'm not saying seek trials. I'm just saying. So let me read Psalms 23, one through four. We can bring the keys up too. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. This is a good part. We forget, we don't, we need to quote this part. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's good. He leads me. Someone say leads. Leads. Me besides still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me, leads me again, in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That's the destination. God is not trying to get you to pain. He's trying to get you through pain to the treasure that's in the field. The destination is the green pastures. The destination is the clean waters to be the tree planted by the river. That is the destination. Every time a trial comes, listen, everything in my world got shaken. And you say, well, what, what was the outcome of that? So I thought what I would never be able to survive, I not only did I survive, but God restored everything. With a strength and an understanding that he's always trying to get me to the next good. And honestly, it probably didn't need to take three and a half years. I just needed to, and no regret, all that. I'm here now and I'm so thankful, but, but I needed to learn these things because they were the gold I needed to build in this next season. But I had to own the process because, listen, the first three verses of Psalms 23, this is where he's taking you. Yay. I like to read it like, yay, like happy. Yee. Yee, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Walk through. So you just see the correlation here? David says, look, this is the good things God has for me. But the, the way we got there, we had to walk through this thing called the valley of death. Pain that got through is always for a Christian an opportunity. It's a doorway to the next thing that God has for you. It's where the gold sits. But you cannot have the gold if you don't own the process. What does it look like to own the process? It's not isolating. You know, one of the biggest things God had to uproot from me was this belief that I had to hide my struggles in order to not let people down. He had, to, he had to uproot that out of my heart. And it was from a place of I truly just didn't want to be a burden. But because of that, I would not reach out. I would not ask for help. I would hide from my wife. Broke trust. All in this lie that I thought, well, maybe if I just, you know, she doesn't need to, doesn't need to be her-ish. It'll be mine. You know what God did so beautifully is he, I had to own the process. Say, okay, God, I have this problem. I have this problem and I, I want to take responsibility for it, but I don't really know where it is. And that's where the beauty of the shepherd says, his rod and his staff, they comfort me. It's where the beauty of, you know what, when God asks you to go through a trial and then he asks you to go to a place that, where he wants to, you take ownership, you know what he comes in and does? He's just looking for the ownership. But then you get the Trinity coming in. You've got a great shepherd who will lead you. You've got the world's greatest counselor, the Holy Spirit, as Jesus called him. And you've got a father with unconditional love. That is a safe place where you can go wherever he wants to go with you and uproot the thing he wants to uproot in your life. And so when trials come and whatever comes out, just know you are, you are safe. See, I actually studied, you know they still use rods and staffs in the world and there's a school you can go to to learn how to do shepherding? and how to use the rod and the staff. So the rod is a, de- is a defensive weapon. It's meant to actually fight off predators. Yeah. 
And a, a seasoned shepherd knows not only how to knock out a wolf or hit something really hard with it, it's a big club. They know how to throw it with accuracy and club the animal right in the head. So that's knowing that your shepherd is there to protect you. But here's the fascinating thing about the hook staff, right? So I always just thought the staff was like, if a sheep's run off, you could trip them or, you know, jerk them by the neck or whatever, you know, it's like this real aggressive thing. You know that sheep, when their head is down, they are extremely strong and virtually unmovable. But when the shepherd lifts their head up, they're very docile and easy to move, easy to direct. You know, when you come into church and you're beat, you're defeated, feel a bunch of shame and guilt, it's really hard for your shepherd to move you. So what do you, why do we do, why do we sing praises to God first? Why do we start is we've got to lift our head. We lift our head and say, that's my shepherd. And even though I thought I was far away, the flock's right here, and he hasn't left me. And so when you get into worship, know that God is lifting your head and saying, son, daughter, I got you. Don't look at you, look at me. Look at what I can do. So often the lost sheep, because his head's down, he thinks he's so far from the herd, and he's so far, and when Jesus just comes and lifts the head and says, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'm telling you, if you'll look to God and you'll take ownership in your life, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. You don't got to isolate. You don't got to hide. And you don't got to run. A new church isn't going to fix it. A new connect group isn't going to fix it. A new position at work isn't going to fix it. Whatever trial you're in, if you'll just say, God, I'm going to own this moment. I'm going to own this moment. He'll lift your head up and he'll show you the way out of it. And he'll use other people to do it. So let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord. So there's two groups I want to pray for quickly. First is maybe you came in here and you had your head down. And then because you, you didn't know that you have a father in heaven that loves you so much that he sent his son to die so that you could come in here with the mistakes you've made, with the failures you've had, with the wrecks you've created or that others have created. You could come in with all that and he could just say, I'll take that and I'll give you my love and my spirit and my power. So if you've never known that Jesus or maybe you kind of, maybe I did, but I kind of took the steering wheel of my life and you're coming in here and you're like, you know, I need to just, I need to get with the good shepherd. My head is lifted and I want to be with Jesus. I'm going to dedicate my life to him. I'm going to get on this track. And if that's you, I'm going to have everybody bow their head and close their eyes. But if that's you, would you just do me a favor? I'm going to pray with you. But I would like you to raise your hand as you also letting God know, God, I'm in. I'm in. So I'm going to count to three and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Just one, two, three. Who's that person? Thank you. Who else? Thank you. Thank you.
Thank you. I see that hand. Anybody else? I right, keep going. Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. I'm so proud of you guys. Maybe four, four or five of you guys. I just feel the weight for him, and I feel like God's not done. If you have any doubt that you are his this morning, I want to just include you in this prayer. I'm going to ask one more time because I feel like somebody's like wrestling. Like if he asks again, then he's talking, then God, you're trying to get my attention. So awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. God loves you so much. Okay, we're all gonna pray this out loud together. Now listen, if you put your hand up, I'm, I'm not gonna bring you to the front, but this man right here is Ted, okay? And he has a team of people. He was like the only one peeking because he wants to give you a book called Following Jesus, which is an amazing book. Just gives you the fundamentals in this journey and also give you a Bible. You're like, if I were to have a Bible, fine, sell it on eBay. But we just wanna give you that gift and, and just be able to a personal person in our church who's very loving and caring just pray with you so i want you to find ted when you're done and get your free gift uh but let's all pray this together out loud church and if you raise your hand you pray this out loud with the rest of us and you know that at this moment the foundation is set it's jesus everything else from here is him and you partnering together but this is the foundation you cannot lose salvation you do not earn it this is just him saying you get me and that's it. So pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Today, I ask you to be the Lord of my life. I believe in you and I trust you to show me how to do life and live the best life. And I know that because of what you've done, my place in heaven is secure. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give a hand for those people. Okay. Now, next group. And it's okay if you're in both groups. Don't worry about it. God's just supercharging, <laughs> getting things done. But if you need to take ownership, you know what it usually starts with? It usually starts with you just need to forgive somebody. Wow. Might be you. Might be God. Probably another person too. But if you need to do work today and take ownership and say, you know what? I'm not going to stay here. So what's ownership look like today? We're going to have our ministry team up here. If you want prayer, if you say, you know, I'm going to take ownership here. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to leave here. I promise you, you'll leave here different. And then from there, what does ownership look like after you do the prayer? It's really simple. Just start doing life. Get in a connect group. Get on a team. Begin to learn how to be an owner. Don't be mad if you get offended. It's not if, it's just when. Don't be, don't be afraid of being a little uncomfortable, but let God do what he's going to do because the gold... The gold is waiting for you on the other side. Your mission, your purpose, your destiny is all on the other side of what you're willing to own and willing to say, I'm going to own this. So I'm going to pray us out and then our mystery team will be up here. The worship team is going to do another one. Some of you, you just need to lift your head and just worship for a little bit with this song.
Some of you, that's all you need to do right now is just lift your head. So don't rush out. I'll come up after they sing a little bit and we'll dismiss service, but I don't want to rush this moment. The Holy Spirit's going to do some work up here. Holy Spirit, we invite you right now. We are not going to stay here the same as we were when we walked in. We are not going to tolerate anymore these cycles. We're going to own responsibility and then we're going to own the process. And we're going to say, do your work, Lord, because I want to own the gold. I want to be the gold. I want to build this life on something bigger than just who offended me or how I got hurt. God, no matter the what the magnitude of the hurt was. Some of you, I'm not diminishing. You went through something horrific, but know this, that has happened. And we're trying to say, you know what? Get the gold, get, move into the next place. Allow God, the good shepherd to guide you to the next place. So God, right now, we open you up. We open our hearts up, minister to us. The ministry team's gonna come forward. Let's worship God together and let's get it done. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.